Welcome to Through the Wire. Through the Wire. Playoffs officially started yesterday. We have three and a half banger games. Let's get into it, man. Uh, right off the gates. What was the first game? No, no, okay. no, 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 no. I, I have something to say before we get off to these games. So last episode, we did our prediction okay. video where we all, you know, made our predictions on these series and stuff. And one thing that is super important that I need everybody to realize, just because realize one of it. Just because one of us picked the team to win doesn't mean we're rooting for that team. I have no, I don't give a damn who wins any of these series. My team is far <laughs> out of that thing. So just because I picked Denver in seven don't mean I can't watch the game and enjoy Donovan Mitchell's 50 points because I picked the other team to win. We are non-biased fans right here. The only per these two dudes at the bottom, D Mills is a Trailblazer fan, Mike is a Lakers fan. They're the only two people that have stakes in some series, but... The rest of the series, we just chilling. We just want good basketball. No, because no, I tweeted, he can't miss because Donovan Mitchell's on fire. And some people are like, you ain't even believe in him. And them. <laughs> I'm like, what? Did you watch the same episode? I picked Denver in seven. And even then, we were all contemplating saying that that was the hardest series to pick. It's just like, yeah. like people hear what they want to hear when it correlates to their team. When in reality, bro, we just want good basketball and we got good basketball. The generation is like this, like like that. Like, it, it, like if we don't hear right now and Contreo first question was like, man, y'all, I've been thinking, do y'all like the 11s or the Jordan 5s better? And all of a sudden, if I pick 11, people are going to act like I trashed the 5. Like, mm. you can't. You can't like both and just like this one better. It has to be like, you like this, so because you like this more than that one, you hate this one. Right. So I'm like, bro, this the same thing happened to me, Contreo, and I've seen somebody in your comments too. Um, but yeah, I picked the Sixers, and you and D Mills picked the Celtics, me and Mike picked the Sixers, and when y'all made y'all points about the Celtics, I literally said in the episode, listen, I, I'm not even going to try to argue those things because I can't. I like, Jason Tatum is a dog. Jalen Brown is who he is. Kim is like, a respect to the Celtics. But I'm picking the Sixers in hopes of of, of uh, Joel and B being dominant because they don't have a big that I think can match up with them. I'm not trashing the Celtics. I'm just hoping that MB can be dominant. And if so, I'm picking them to win. A motherfucker tweeted me like, "Keep that same energy." Well, they taking it. It's it's literally just a prediction at the end of the day. We're just trying to, you know, guess who's gonna come out on top. I don't, I just, yeah, every time Donovan Mitchell get a have do anything good, my mentions are flooded. Which I can't wait to get to. We'll talk about that during when we get to that series. Yeah, uh, before that, I, I just want to see how everybody's doing here. Mike, what's up, bro? No green screen. Explain to people what's going on in your life. Yeah, man. The whole day yesterday, basically, I was on my feet like ten hours, and I was moving basically everything to uh, the new place. I don't got everything set up yet, but. The internet's at the old crib, so that's where I'm at right now. But, I mean, what kept me going was the playoff games. I had it in my ears the whole time, and I was listening to it. Mm. It kept me going, but I'm about to probably take a nap right before these games start, and I don't know, try to rejuvenate because I'm tired as hell. So so ex how was that experience listening to it better, uh, other than watching it? It's definitely different, but, I mean, I can still kind of picture it because, you know, the, the broadcast when they do the radio is way different from when they're just, like, commentating the game. They're mm -hmm. probably going to give you, like, oh, he's uh, moving up the middle. He's coming over the screen. So it's a lot more detail. And, I mean, as long as you know you can understand basketball, it's pretty easy to follow. So it wasn't that bad. Okay. D Mills, you got you changed your background today. No more D Rose. Yeah, I, I felt like I needed to go with a more marquee matchup. I feel like Derrick Rose is kind of, like, 
you're not even in the playoffs. We ain't really seen that. <laughs> we see what we're going to be seeing for like the next few weeks. And that's mm. saying, I mean, that's CJ and LeBron. A few we weeks. Know who that few matchup. Weeks. Few weeks, so you saying it's going like seven? That's the only way. This go a few weeks. Even even then, I don't think it go a few weeks. It's every it's every every other day, so that's that's like a few weeks. A few it's is like three. two weeks. Uh, I was oh, thinking a few is more than one, I guess. But you're right. Yeah, that's a marquee matchup, though. Who in this kind of right here? Who's did, did LeBron score this possession? You think? I don't think so, bro. I think it ended in a turnover. Mm. That's barbecue chicken, man. I, I, <laughs> I just don't understand. Terry Stott should be fed if he's putting CJ McCollum on LeBron James. And that's the bias KB is talking about. He's just literally trying <laughs> to say it's a turnover when we everybody knows that that's, that's nine times out of ten probably a bucket. And if it is a turnover, it's not because CJ forced it. It's because Danny Green dropped it you know, or KCP couldn't hold on to it or something like that. And last, <laughs> P, you got, you got Big Bam back there? My boy, man. Um... I mean, good. I'm like Mike, though. Uh, for a small portion, I was listening to some stuff, too, because um, I had to make a run after the Nuggets-Utah game. Mm-hmm. So, like, the last three minutes of the first regulation, uh, I had gotten a shower, but I had to play while I was in the shower. And I don't, I can't remember whose side I was listening to, but whoever it was, they were real colorful. So I was glad, like, it was probably easier for me than Mike because I had just I was watching it, then I got in the shower. So as they're picture as they're seeing everything, I'm picturing exactly what's going on because I right. saw the highlight shoes Donovan Mitchell was wearing. I saw the little thing Jamal Murray was wearing on his wrist. So as they're saying these things, I'm actually picturing what I was just watching. But then um once I heard that Jokic missed that one, yeah, to, to go into overtime, I got my ass right out and went to go watch the overtime. But yeah. And then, because um, I was like, yo, I can go to the store during the Raptors versus Nets. Facts. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. the game. I was like, okay, doing the first half. That was the game. I was like, let me work the hardest. Let me get all this stuff done. So, all right, let's jump into it. Jazz Nuggets, 135-125 with to OT. Um, another time, this is the fourth time playing each other, and another time where it's just super, super close. Um, down to the last couple possessions. We saw Donovan Mitchell tie the third most points in a playoff game. Um, a, a lot of records and, and first time this and that yesterday when it came to the playoffs, but we got it. Who, who, who's taking a stab at the first? I got notes here of things that I saw and things that I, I thought would be really cool to talk about um, because I, I had I, like questions about stuff. So we, we can we can hop in and with. Let's get to the questions. So Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert had, was a, a prime topic of conversation on Twitter yesterday. Um, he had an amazing stop on Jokic when Jokic went for the final bucket in regulation and he stopped them. But what I was seeing was the two minutes before that and then the five minutes in overtime, Rudy Gobert was basically a nothing. And it, the reason I'm bringing him up is because y'all know he's up for an extension uh, next season. And since he made an All-NBA team, since he's been an All-Star, he's up for a Supermax for the Utah Jazz. And I think it's something we may have talked about before here in the podcast, but like, the idea of getting Rudy Gobert as as good as he is defensively, of getting him a max contract or a super max contract of you the Utah Jazz seems crazy to me. Yeah, yeah, it definitely does. Especially does. like when you look at him offensively, he's not really bringing much to the table. Even like when he's catching the ball on his duck ends and stuff, like you you can't you can't trust him with the ball. It always looks like he's about to travel. His but even even, terrible. even that I disagree with because I do think he's super valuable on offense because of the offense that Utah runs is very pick and roll heavy. And yeah, he's he's a, he's a screener. And that that's that's his value on offense, right? His his value on offense yeah. is him being a 
big, big wall. But even then, if I'm the Utah Jazz, Donovan Mitchell's going to get a max contract for them. He's worthy of it. You yeah. don't max out Rudy Gobert because you put those two players at a max and you're still just a good playoff team, but you're not a championship team. And in my mind, if you're going to have two max players in your roster, you better be competing for a championship. Yeah. Yeah. Especially because, I mean, as good as Rudy is defensively, we all know that his kryptonite is if you take him out to the three-point line, his his effectiveness kind of goes down. And that's what Jokic has been able to use to his advantage. And, I mean, I look at the other top-tier top tier defenders, and what Ben Simmons even said is, you know, the best defenders, they guard everywhere on the court, regardless if it's in the paint or mm -hmm. at the perimeter. So, I mean, yeah. Rudy, I wouldn't give him a max, but, I mean, he's, he's got to be one of the top-paid players on your team, though, still. And, and part of me is like, am I kind yeah, of overreacting? Because, because Jokic and the Rockets are like the two teams that he will struggle against, and in every other team he'll be good. You know what I'm saying? But it I don't know. Could be it. it is. I mean, the playoff is all about how matchups work, and I mean, that center is just probably one of the weirdest centers in the league. So it's gonna it's gonna be weird against uh, a Gobert who's usually just kind of close to the rim and uh, being effective that way. So. You I just feel like he, he, at his at his best, they're still like it's only so good that they can be. So yeah. that's when it gets tricky because even as good as he is defensively, they're they're. I think KB mentioned this a couple episodes ago or maybe last episode. They're not the defense that they once was. So as good as a defensive guy he is, like they're not. It's not making them a contender. Like his defense isn't making them that good it just makes them a solid team and right. that's where you have to that's where it becomes a problem i don't think it's a a really a knock on him but it's just a situation that he's in and the same thing with utah if they do give him the max it's going to be because it's the situation that they that they're in we're we're seeing that a lot and um i don't think it would be worth it per, uh personally just mm -hmm. because again as good as he is defensively we just saw last night it doesn't it doesn't win them it won't win them games it's not it's not that good enough to like change um to to change the dynamic of them like it makes them a solid team but that's pretty pretty much it and then like KB just said yeah Donovan Mitchell is going to get your your uh your max and the way the league is going like yeah he struggles against the Nuggets and the Rockets but the way that the league is going it seems like that's going to be the new trend so like even when the Warriors like when the Warriors get back in the mix it's that would be tough for him um yeah. If the Timberwolves get good and Cat, now you're playing center like Cat, like these guys are just getting to that point where that's where the game is. Uh, the 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 uh, the uh, Mavericks, if they matched up against the Mavericks and all of a sudden they're putting Porzingis at the five, I mean, it, it gets, you know, and I'm not saying they would just dog him, of course, but it's different. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? It makes him have to be a little bit of a different defender. Uh, and we know his best trait as a defender is to protect that rim. So if you're facing a lot of these fives who are taking you out of there, um, it, it just gets tough. And it's not that he can't do it, but again, his best thing is to, to, to rim protect against guys like Russell Westbrook, the athletic point guards. Right. But I feel like the, that was 2010s. Now we're in the 2020s, and it, it's the fives who are like so dynamic and shooting threes and playmaking. Right. And, and the fives that. aren't even the fives no more. There's sometimes threes and fours. Yeah. And they're, you know, they're just going to shoot the ball just as well. And I agree. The way the game is going is you have to be a special big man in this league to, you know, to stay on the floor. And it's, it's funny because, like, even I think this year is probably the best we've seen him as a perimeter defender. So he is even giving, getting better there. But, like, again, in this game, bro, I'm just like, is he is he even there sometimes? You know, is he even on the court? He just kind of disappears, um, even on the defensive side of the ball where, like, of course, he hangs his hat. 
But I just thought that was very interesting. I, I don't know what the Jazz do if they decide to try to move him before that contract is up or they just let them test his market in free agency and maybe no team offers him the max and they can come back and be like, see, look, nobody else gave it to you, so we'll give you this instead or or something like that because it's, it's going to be it's gonna be kind of rough trying to figure that out. But back to the game, we had Donovan Mitchell just be completely unstoppable for three quarters straight. It was just just pure domination. And at some points in this game, I'm like, I'm like rooting for him to close out this win because he has been, he was so, so good in it. And it's got to be heartbreaking to drop the third most points in a playoff game and still not walk out there with a W. It's got to be some signs to like what's to come because he's not dropping 57 every night. So if he drops 30, are they just getting blown out or something like that? No, 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 no. Um, I think this. I think it shows that they have a chance if they play a certain style of basketball. Um, and I think he can be a lot more dynamic without even scoring a ball. And I think that's where the adjustments for him change, right? Um, 57 is impressive, right? But I don't think it was that it, – it's surprising that he got that much, but it's not surprising that he was able to score so well because we've known since he came into the league that he can score. He's shown us that he can score. It's always been for him the other things. And I think that's the next step for him. And in this series, hopefully he can learn that. Even if they don't win it, he can get the experience to learn those things to make those next steps. Because all of the top-tier shooting guards, they've all gone through it. Like James Harden, the best thing about him is when he rounded his game off. And that's when they let him be the point guard. He was able to see the floor different, make certain things, make certain reads, get better at that. And then Chris Paul came, but he had got that experience. Bradley Beal is now in that top echelon of shooting guards because John Wall went down and he was able to go through that. Uh, Devin Booker was able to go through that. Contrary even said in, in when they were playing that he was impressed by one of the four quarters that uh, Devin Booker had because he didn't really shoot a shot, but he was still one of the most effective players. I want to see Donovan Mitchell get to that level. Even if you're not, you don't, that doesn't mean you have to shoot the ball, but it's certain things that will open up the game for him and for his teammates to win those games to be able to close it out. And I think it's just about learning it. We see that from Damian Lillard. Like, Damian Lillard, he can put up those performances but win the game because he knows how to pace himself. And he knows, okay, I'm a, we see it from a lot of stars, even like a LeBron. Certain guys will come in and they'll have a certain mindset to begin a, a, a half, a quarter, or whatever, or even a game where it's like, okay, I'm going to let these guys get going because down the line, I'm going to need one of them to make that shot. And I, no, anybody that's played basketball has knows the experience of what it's like to not shoot the ball much of a game, and then you finally get that shot, and that shit is wide left, or it's not enough, or it's too much on it because you didn't get shots earlier. But if you get us some type of rhythm, even if you miss, you know, okay, last time I had too much umph on it. So next time I get it, I know I need to make this adjustment. But if you're not getting that throughout this, the, the series of the game or the, the flow of the game, by the time you get it, boom, you miss. And that's when a lot of fans was like, man, a lot of his teammates let him down. And they, they, they did, but also a lot of them wasn't getting momentum shots. So it was kind of like, you know, George Niang, yeah, he's missing because he ain't got a shot in like 17 minutes. I, but, see, I see what you mean, but nobody else was hitting shots and on no, his I, team for him. I mean, I, I mean, see Jordan for, Clarkson made some shots, but he was But just Jordan Clarkson shot. also had three straight shots where he was trying to draw a three-point foul and he didn't get them. Like, it's just, it, I, I'm, I'm sure it, it's just super frustrating to be, like, Donovan Mitchell, I see what you're saying, and I agree with, like, Bradley Beal expanding his game, Devin Booker expanding his game, and, he, and the next guy I want to see, uh, Zach Levine, ended up expanding his game to the yeah. point where he does trust his teammates more. But in a game like this, 
nobody else was hitting their shots for him. So I think he just had to put on his hat like, okay, I need to take all the shots because when I did kick it out to, to Joe Ingles, he missed one out of the three that I gave him. So I need to just get to the basket and do what I do best because nobody, the shooters that were around him were struggling. Like, Again, like Jordan Clark said, can be one of the most fun players to watch and some, one of the most infuriating players to watch because it was three straight possessions in that third quarter where he throws up a shot and he's wailing his arms trying to get a foul. And at least one of them, yes, he should have got that call, but the other two, he's trying to get the call that he should have got on the first one. And that's three straight empty possessions for the team. And if I'm the point guard, I'm like, I'm cutting this dude out because he is selling our game right now because he's trying to draw his fouls. Right. But at the same token, j just going and running and saying, take – you're not gonna win a game yourself. You're no, just, you're not. We, we, you're not. And there was moments where he tried. They, they, the Denver was like, okay, he's gonna try to do it. And he, we're not gonna let him do it. Just like in the overtime, it, it was him and uh, who was that guarding J uh, Jeremy Grant on the wing, and he did a, a turnaround fade baseline that barely scraped the rim. It was a time yeah. we tried to overly aggressively split a double team in that overtime, and it was a turnover. There, like. Those are plays where even if a guy is missing, you still it's the right play. And that's why a lot of people critique LeBron. Man, he's just not. A, but the right play, you just live with. You live with the right play. You Because doing the wrong play and not getting shit, it's just it's equivalent to the same thing. But like I said, at least if you're making the right play, a guy can get a rhythm and know, even if it ain't Jordan Clarkson, because Jordan Clarkson shot a lot of the damn basketball. But the other guys that was out there, at least they'll have some type of rhythm to maybe make. Because sometimes when you put on a performance like Donovan Mitchell, you don't need these guys to score a certain amount. You just need one or two shots for them to make. That's all they, you they need. They just need the confidence. And I'll bring the rest home. Yeah, they just need the confidence. And uh, uh, another dude that had a really big game was Jamal Murray. And I was watching his post-game interview. And something he that was exactly what he was elaborating on is as much as he scored, as much as he scored the ball, he, he passed the ball really well. And his main focus was okay, I know Torrey Craig is defending, so I'm going to make sure he gets his shots. So at the end of the game, he's comfortable to hit those shots. I'm going to make sure Jokic is doing whatever. He's making sure his teammates are in the right spot just so he knows at the end of the game when he's trying to score, he can count on them to kind of help him out. And, I mean, that, that comes along with progressing as a player and taking that next step, which, I mean, Donovan Mitchell is going to have to do, but he's also going to have to have the teammates around him that can – score at least you know yeah, I mean, no, they had, had Jawan Jawan Morgan starting yeah it's or, unfortunate or that there was no Mike Conley and there was no yeah. Bogdanovich right those two yeah. players just added so much spacing for him where he would be um able to pass it out because I you would trust Bogdanovich um way more than you know not trust the it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a no, it's one, one hell of a game one, a one of the best performances but, I mean I've that's seen. just what it is you're just not gonna win a game on your own so you're gonna right. have you might as well trust your teammates because, like I said, you're trying to split a double team, it was a turnover. I'd rather get up a shot and get a chance than me turning the ball over or forcing some shit that's just – let's just get a better shot. I Like, certain shots, like the baseline Jeremy Grant one, he could – I'd rather him just pull his ass out to the three. Like, that little uh, in-and-out hesitation he do or step-back shit was unstoppable. He was getting that shot. I, I'd rather just let him shoot that shot 30 times than the little uh, ISO and wing. And then the eight-second violation really cost them a lot, too. That was big. They mm -hmm. had a four-point lead, yeah. and the way he was cooking, that was going to be a six- or seven-point lead. They turned that ball over, um, and Jamal Murray comes, you know, ends up shooting a three, and now it's a one-point lead, and that's how they probably went into overtime. But it was like a minute 40-something left. If they don't get that eight-second violation and they score, even waste a little bit more time off the clock, they may pull that game out. Um, but he still put on a hell of a performance, but that's just the next step for him, I feel like. Because when you score that much, 
all you need is uh, is one or two plays. And mm-hmm. that's what happened with Dame. Dame pulled him all the way through. And I know he ain't playing with a CJ McCollum to, to make the last shot, but he pulled him all the way through. And Melo sometimes don't have the best game, but Melo just hit the corner three. And that's all you need. That's all I need from you, just to hit that one three and we, we going home, baby. Yeah, for me, what I've noticed was a big thing with the Never Nuggets, what I brought up last, the last episode, that their pick and roll defense is terrible. Donovan Mitchell was killing them in the pick and roll. Whether it was Michael Porter Jr., whether it was Jokic, like he was just getting to the rim with ease and he was ISOing. And Jamal Murray, I mean, you can't ask for nothing better for him down the stretch. He was 13 for 20 in that game. The efficiency was crazy. And then Jokic was still Jokic, so. That game yeah. was very exciting. A great game to open the night with. Yeah, they were just going back and forth with Donovan Mitchell hitting the shot, then Jamal Murray hitting the shot, and just I like that matchup. I like yeah. that matchup better than Donovan Mitchell versus Booker. I'm just keeping it real. I'm, it's not. And I, I said that on Twitter. A lot of people thought I was trying to say Jamal Murray is better. I'm just saying I think those two are more of here, and then Donovan Mitchell, Devin Booker. The gap isn't that far away between those two as I think it is with Donovan and Book. Um, Jamal Murray is there, man. Jamal Murray, I yeah, don't think uh, there's many things on the court that Donovan Mitchell does that's better than Jamal Murray, if I'm just being honest. Yeah, I agree. What y'all think uh, Mike Malone said? He, since he got the one, he's not doing any defensive changes. Say it again? Since he got the one, he's not doing any defensive changes for Donovan Mitchell since he dropped 57. I mean, what defensive changes would they do? I mean, yeah, they would I, have to come I mean, up with I mean, something I mean, he was, that pick and roll. He was just on fire, right? Thing. They put yeah. on the best of Tory Craig had possessions, Jeremy Grant had possessions, Jamal Murray had possessions. He was just dogging anybody. So I, I don't know if you can make defensive adjustments. You just got to hope that he's just not on fire next game. And if I'm Donovan Mitchell, I like that too. I, I mean, I, I'm, I agree with D Mills. I don't know what 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 defensive adjustments he could have made or will make. I mean, he he lit your ass up. That's why I, even <laughs> D Mills was saying like their pick and roll defense. Hey, I, I don't give a fuck who was playing defense that game. Donovan Mitchell was going to get his. It could have been whoever. The best pick and roll defense. He was going to – some of the shots he was making was good defense. He was just making them. Um, and if I'm Donovan Mitchell, that's fine. I'm going to make my proper adjustments. Y'all ass going to make some shots. The way I took that, I thought it is he thinks that just Donovan Mitchell can't beat him by himself. Yeah, he no. Could drop, and, he could drop 55-60, but we, we still could pull it out. And if I'm done, I'm doing my same thing, but I'm going to tell them, I need y'all to make some shots. I'm giving y'all that rock. I'm not going to try to split no double teams or no fucking shit that I can't split, but y'all going to have to make shots at the same end. I'm not I'm not saying it's his fault at all, but he got to make the pass because, I mean, you might as well get a shot. Um, uh, f- we, got, we got a lot of um, – a lot of buckets from Jamal Murray, a lot of buckets from Jokic, especially early on. Early on, Jokic was looking real nice, and then he kind of like deferred to Jamal because Jamal was the high hand at the day. Um, Michael Porter Jr. started off on fire, but kind of cooled off throughout the game. But like the Jer- Jeremy Grant is so nice, man. And I know we we've gave him a lot of love on this show in the past because he deserves it. But like his career arc has been incredible from where he started as you know when he came into the league to like being an OKC, showing that okay I can hit threes, and to now just just having the most confidence. There's there was a possession where he was on the left wing and he had already hit a three like the previous possession. So he catches it on the left wing and I forget who his defender was. They close out heavy, like hard, like stomping. You know, like the drill you used to do back in the day where you hand
hands up. He one dribble pass and at the pull up midi and it was splash. And just like th that type of shot is not one he takes two, three years ago. And he's just taking it with confidence now. And I'm curious about his money going into the offseason because he's up for a new contract. Yeah. I'm sure teams are looking at him like he Rumbling can be a player. That, uh, the Knicks will be in play for that. The bull, the Bulls name has come up a bunch too, and I'd be, I'd be super happy to see him in the he's Bulls jersey great, next man. season. I, but the Nuggets, I, if I'm the Nuggets, I don't want to let him walk, man. He fits, yeah. he fits that, and he's good. He's a good fit with Jokic. Mm -hmm. You don't want to let that walk, especially it's, with Paul Millsap leaving. His contract, you, know? you don't even know that. You, we don't know that. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, it's going to be a bidding war. I'm not saying he about to get crazy, crazy money, but there are going to be a lot of teams calling Jeremy Grant's phone because he is such a nice little glue guy. And he's only he's only like 26 still. You know, he's still I'm young. Good. I would love to see him next to Mitchell Robinson at, at the four for us. Whew. That would be um, so kind of yes. I got Julius Randle. Y'all uh, good. Oh, y'all do got Julius okay. Randle. Y'all good. He won't be there for long. <laughs> Moving on to the next game of the day. We, ha we have uh, Nets, Raptors. The Raptors ended up winning at 134 to 110. Uh, started off as a complete blowout. The Nets made it kind of interesting. And then the Raptors ended up blowing them out at the end of the day. I'm disappointed, yeah, man. It was too, much, too little too late. Yeah. Disappointed. I wanted to see some Paul Watson, man. Disappointed. <laughs> um, I did. Like when they was blowing them out, like put, put P Dub in, man. Um, oh, he already got a nickname? He does. <laughs> I just gave it to him right now. <laughs> but no, man, hey, the Raptors are no joke, bro. Mm -hmm. The Raptors are legit, man. A lot, like, for real. The more and more I watch them play, I try not to overreact. But the Raptors got some shit. Like, I'm liking the Raptors a lot. Like, everybody likes the Raptors. Mm -hmm. But I'm liking them more than usual. Like, yeah. a repeat level of liking them if Kawhi was still on this team are they the heavy favorite to repeat i think i yeah. think so i think yeah. so yeah but also with if Kawhi is there does Pascal make that same jump that he's made they don't probably need him to make as big as a jump though if they still have Kawhi leonard and let's be let's be honest with each other in the bubble pascal has not been good he is no, not he has he, not he, been he, the all-star player tough. yeah no he has not and luckily um, he's he's got such a deep team around him him having a bad game bad no six games Huh? In what way do you mean? He hasn't that? been an all-star. He hasn't played like an all-star. Oh, fair enough. But I, I feel like that team is so good that they can afford it. And defensively, he's been there. They, there's a team they've been there defensively. Like, he, the shit I saw him do last night defensively, crazy. He covered mm -hmm. so much ground. Um, are they are they the favorites, though? With Kawhi, with Kawhi with would they Kawhi, be the favorite? Yeah. No, I no, no. So. Just like now. No. Oh, no. no. If, oh, if, said with Kawhi. if Kawhi stayed, yeah, if Kawhi resigned, would they be the heavy favorite? Um, I got my Freddie shirt on, man. Another killer game. Eight threes, you know, just, just another future Nick. Look you at us. So? Look at us restructuring our roster. How much y'all paying him? Uh, uh that's. How do we pay him? We would overpay him. Whoever gets him, <laughs> have to overpay him. I mean, that's just what it is. He's, but that's okay because he's a winner. You know what I mean? And he would be under Thibs. Thibs, you know, Thibs do do that thing with them point guards. DJ Augustine used to look like an all-star with y'all. Uh, what's the little homie? This backcourt is like, back like my third favorite backcourt now. Like, they really just moved up. Who's the first two? Who the, yeah, who's the first well, two? Dame and Steph. I mean, Dame and CJ and Steph and Clay. Oh, okay. Well, don't get used to I this mean, one because it's not going to be the same next year. Back. Freddie's gone. Freddie's getting that money, man. Freddie is getting I that mean, money. He is out of the door. And you know what's crazy? All they gonna do is fucking put Norman Powell in there. 
Or Paul, Paul Watson ass. Oh, Paul Watson. <laughs> uh, but on the other side of the ball, I mean, even though they did get blown out, that period of time where they were looking pretty solid was impressive for the Nets. Um, again, Jock Vaughn got them boys looking good. Considering Maybe. what they're playing with, I mean, Maybe. You, Maybe. Timothy Luawu Cabarro, TLC, you know, turning it up. I, I like to see him play, man. He had 26 in today's game. Yeah. The only player on his team with a positive plus minus, man. You know, Max you, him. The way he's playing, his former team, the 76ers, they can mm. use him right now. Because he's knocking out threes and playing defense. That's exactly yeah. what they need. Exactly what they need. Uh, we should talk about Karis LeVert and his future. It, it's, it's another one of those things that was super heavily talked about on Twitter yesterday because um, we know Karis LeVert is a guy that needs to ball in his hands a lot of the time to be super, um, super effective. His catch and shoot numbers are absolutely terrible. Um, but he, we know he's a really good player, and then you have Kyrie, you have KD, and you still have Spencer Dinwiddie. These are all players that um, that need the ball. So what is Karis LeVert's future to y'all? Is he just a six-man role guy, or are we limiting him there, or does he get traded this offseason? Yeah, I would say I think he's got a super he, – he's he's really talented. I would say he might have to just keep him and kind of ride with it. If it doesn't work out, try to deal him by the trade deadline and see what you could pick up and what to fix. But I try to make it work, man. He's been balling in terms of uh, if you want to put him as a six-man or he comes off the bench and he's, you know, in that closing lineup, but he's he's been a star. He had 15 assists last night. 15. Yeah, it would be surprising. They're going to trade him, man. They're going to trade him. What what type of package would you look to get back for a team like the Brooklyn Nets? Because the one the ones I've seen on Twitter a bunch was like an Aaron Gordon type trade. Um, to have Aaron you, you Gordon, gonna, you end gonna, up yeah, there. you're going to need people that that's not going to demand the ball or need know. to take the ball out of Kevin Durant or Kyrie's urban hand. Those are the perfect fix. As long as they can shoot the ball in the fan. You could put him next to probably Kyrie and KD. I would probably be able to. I wouldn't mind Aaron Gordon, but yeah, it just depends on that. Like you're gonna, I say shoot for the stars, but then yeah, you get the Aaron Gordon's is fine, but uh, he's playing his value, man. He's playing his value up. I I think you could do a lot because Spencer Dinwiddie has a lot of value, and Karis LeVert has value as well. You could put them together and shoot for the stars, or you sit, you can deal them separately. You can trade one, keep the other, but I definitely don't think that it's all a complimentary mesh to Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. As good as Karis LeVert is, it just doesn't compliment them. Mm-hmm. And that was the issue you took with, with, with getting them. Uh, just like D'Angelo Russell. Uh, I kind of like that that young group that they had there, but um, what do you look back? Look for back? Just, yeah, I guess complimentary pieces. I wouldn't even be mine if you move if you moved them and didn't get too, too much, but if you just got a bunch of extraordinary role players yeah. i wouldn't mind and then try to sign somebody like who who am i gonna say uh d mills he's gonna say justin holiday i think i think that's the right thing is you, you try to get as much as you can in terms of role players because we see how how the league's kind of been going um you need role players to carry your team whether a star goes down for a little bit of, amount of time or whether your star needs to be on the bench, you need those role players to, uh, to carry your team if you want to be a championship. All right, so here, here's something I just thought of off the off the dome. Mm-hmm. Uh, Karis LeVert and Tayshaun, and, and, and Torian Prince. Not Tayshaun, not Tayshaun, Torian Prince. It is his nephew, though. Is it? No, it's not. I'm joking. Oh, okay. That's, that's, <laughs> I mean, Prince, do you believe it? Um, for Otto Porter and Thaddeus Young. I thought you was on some serious shit. I am serious. What you mean? That's that is a good trade. Why the fuck would the Bulls even want Karis LeVert and Zach Levine and fucking? that one two three would be nasty with Lamelo at the one because we went in the lottery on Thursday. 
Zach and Karis? <laughs> the unbiased podcast. What's the most critical position for them? Who, the, the Nets? Three. Probably the four, right? Probably the four. Oh, yeah, because yeah, they, they got guard play. You know, they got... But KD can slide to the fold. They got to figure out with Joe Harris, too. Joe Harris is very valuable. I think, Joe Harris a, I think he's a free agent, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yeah, he's a free agent this summer. Yeah. I think he's out of there, man. You think he's out of there? The... I think the GM or the owner said like their first priority this offseason is to try to sign him. He he, com- he compliments the game. Yeah, I wouldn't he's probably I, one of the best catch and shoot players in the game. I didn't so. say he wasn't gonna be a a priority. I just think he's out of there because they're not the only team that's gonna prioritize him. I I paid Joe Harris a hell of a lot of money to come to my team. Yeah. <laughs> um, but four, do y'all think Fred Van Fleet is a product of his environment? No. Uh, mm-hmm. To some extent, sure, but I, if you can hoop, you can hoop is the way I always see it. If he was on the worst team in the league, he'd still be good. Um, it just may go under the radar because he's on the worst team in the league. Yeah, yeah. no, I don't think so. Just because they don't really play, like, a strict system. It's not like he's in the Spurs and, like, you could say, like, Tony Parker was probably a product of his system and that type of thing, but no, it, it's not like that. No, yeah, I think he just fits super well with that team. Like, he fits their identity and what they do. You mess around with your play, uh, 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 all star on the bad team type stuff. You know what I'm saying? I hope so, man, because I, I got a bad team. That I got a bad <laughs> right out here who needs an all star represent representative. You know. Uh, next game we have Celtics 76ers 109 Celtics 101 76ers. Oh my god. My heart, I hate watching this game. I hated it. I it made me it. mad, bro. It go ahead, go ahead, throw it out there. Bro, you go first. Well, what made me mad? Well, this was made me happy. To begin the game, they give me the ball, they feed them, and they going through him. Then the second quarter, and the rest of the game, no. Like, how do you just go away from everything that just made that just worked for you, made your offense look much better? I hate watching him and Al Horford on the court together. It was so bad, bro. What he drop a quick eleven? We like, I'm like, yeah, yeah, this is this is the series he needs to have in order for them to win this series. And then just the whole – I don't think he had a single point in the second quarter. I think he had, like, two total touches. And then the third quarter, he had his moments. And then the fourth quarter, last five minutes, I didn't see that boy touch the ball at all on the block. And I I'm saw like, more Al Warper post-ups than NBA post-ups. Yes, yes. And, and listen, he was being double-teamed, which is obviously it, it hinders him to, from being his full player. But, like, come, bro, he he's such a dynamic player that he don't even need to get it on the block. He can get it at the top of the elbow and make, work his magic and stuff. Like, Brett, I don't know what the hell Brett Brown was doing that game. There's no reason for Joel Embiid to have the same amount of shots as Alec Burks. As good as Alec Burks was this game, Joel Embiid should be dominating the shot attempts. Especially yeah. since he is a foul magnet. A magnet when it comes to the I fouls. Can say what he, was doing. he was giving his job away. He was just saying, hey. Yeah, I was going to say, that's the first thing. That's going to be the first sign I'm looking for is if they get a ball to damn Joel Embiid uh, next game. Because if they don't, that means Brett Brown ain't say shit to them. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he's yeah. thinking that that game plan is going to work or something, but I don't know. You, you can't do that. You got to get that man. You have to get a ball to Joel and B and, and kind of work through him because the shots they were getting up, they just weren't even really following. And Josh Richardson, you know, he had some big plays, but a lot of those he was just kind of missing or kind of even waving them off a little bit. Mm-hmm. You don't want to see that. Josh Richardson's such a good three-point That was my thing. Um, you know, as a person who picked, the Sixers in hopes that we would get the dominance when we when I saw it early I'm like oh shit oh shit let's get it let's get it but then yeah yes uh my my initial thoughts after the game I'm like yo Brett Brown 
can save his job and lose it in this series right here because the Sixers were in that game, bro. I thought it was either going to be win or they get their ass blown out. Mm-hmm. So when they was in the game, I'm like, bro, okay, let's get it. They hooping, they doing anything. But then, yeah, it was the times, even when they even when they turned into baskets, it was just times where, like y'all mentioned, they couldn't get the ball to Joel Embiid. And even in times they scored, they looked lost. It was like, oh, shit, what do we do? And then it's like eight seconds, and Alec Burks, even like I said, even if he scored, it was just like the way it was, it was just like scrambled. And that, that shit, you can't rely on that. So, hey, they lost the first game. The Celtics shot the ball extremely well and had a great game. But I still think Brett Brown and the Sixers can try to find some way. Here's coaching. They have to coach and come up with strategies on what you can do when they play certain type of defenses to stop Joel from getting the ball. So you don't have to rely on Tobias Harris having the ball on the opposite side of the floor with seven seconds left in the shot clock doing a spin, turnaround, fade shot, shit, whatever. And then hopefully you can win the game. Because th- they play very good. They play better than I expected them yeah. to for them to not win. And even I mean, in, when they got down, they responded. And they had a, like a 15-0 run with him on the bench. So I was impressed with that. But, yeah, down a stretch, he, he man, he needed that rock, bro. He needed that rock. And even then, if you look at kind of the box score, it's very similar. But the thing that kind of stands out is this, the Sixers had 18 turnovers and the Celtics only had seven. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. when you have that size advantage, you can't give the, the Celtics that many turnovers and have them in transition and bail them out. You got to kind of stick them in that half court. So, I mean, as much as, the, you know, the Celtics balled out, the Phillies, I think they still definitely have, like, the chance to improve their game. Started with Brett Brown. Uh, they still they still got a chance, even without Ben Simmons, I think. I, I like think the overall. Go ahead. I just think the blue, uh, like, just piggybacking off what Mike said, I think the blueprint is there, right? You, you, you get less turnovers. You feed Joel Embiid a little bit more. You have the blueprint to win this this game and the this series potentially if you just do some of those things. Yeah, I was just gonna say the same thing. Like I think it's there. You you the the way that they had the game, the game was kind of slowed down for them a bit. Um, and some of those turnovers on Joel Embiid, he had some lazy ass passes when he did get double team and some certain shit. Like you just can't let Marcus Smart be knocking the ball at your hands, Joel. Like you mm-hmm. can't. And then defensively, I like when he was just wasn't guarding Thice, and Thice wasn't even looking to shoot the ball, and he kind of blocked some of those avenues and those <laughs> ways for uh, Tatum and Brown and those guys. And then also we have to see the status of Gordon Hayward because he mm-hmm. made some very, very impressive shots, um, yeah. looking like Gordon Hayward from Utah, though. So, um, yeah. There was one play where Robert Williams took, like, a mid-range jumper, got his own rebound, and dunked it. I'm like, MB, that type of shit can't happen, bro. Mm-hmm. I need you to dominate, like, dom-dominate. But 30-plus, he averaged 30-plus, and they can win this series if they play this ty- this style of basketball. But yeah. They need a guard that's going to give them the ball. They, the, somebody on that court has to stop and just say, we got to get him the ball. Somebody. I think whether that, it's Tobias, whether it's Horford, somebody has to do it. I think that Matisse Thibault is going to start game two. Just, be, just because they needed more defending on the wings. I'm the opposite, D-Mills. I think they need somebody who's going to be – who's going to – who's going to be able to do something when they don't aren't able to give him the ball. And I don't mean score, but somebody yeah. to say, okay, we can't get over like something, but that little scramble shit, Alec Burks maneuvering and getting them layups. I just can't count on it. It was cool. And it was, it was, it was nice to see, but I can't count on it. They need somebody. They need a general out there. They, I wish they had like a growing Drogic or some shit, man. <laughs> Robert Romero. Yeah. It'd be a free agent. It'd be a free agent. Um, y'all had a little, y'all had a little, what'd you say? Did he play last night? I don't think so. I don't think I see him touch the- I don't think so. 
I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. This is why I'm yeah, gonna and then, yeah, D-Mills. At some point, I'm like, bro, just throw Furkan Korkmaz out there, bro. I don't like seeing him and Al Horford out there together either. Just put him out with Furkan. <laughs> bro, Furkan and Al Horford do not look good together. Furkan Korkmaz played seven minutes and had three fouls. He just, he just couldn't keep his hands to At one point, I'm just like, bro, just, man, just somebody who can fucking be a threat from three-point. Y'all talked a little bit to each other, D-Mills and, and, and P, about Tobias Harris, man. Let's bring that over to the podcast. I want to know what's going on. I mean, it was just, I told you, like, I can't rely on that scoring. And he came out and he lived up to what I just said. That was yeah. pretty much all I was saying. Tobias Harris played at Tobias Harris' hand, 15, 8, and 8. That's just a solid game from Tobias Harris. I, and it where, wasn't when enough. you see scoring, what are you expecting Tobias Harris to do? I need him to be, without Ben Simmons, he is pretty much like their one dude that can create his own shot and like, be a, like a number one to Joel and B when Joel isn't in the game or when Joel ain't got the coin. That's not Tobias. Like I was saying the same but thing. But we've seen him man. do that when he was with the Clippers. Like he was that number one option that can get you 20 plus a night and like be like that dude that can really be your number one guy. That's all he really was, was like a 19 to 20 point score. Mm-hmm. He wasn't like this 25 point score who was the, they had a very good team. With the Clippers, see, I don't think he's their number one guy. Gallinari, Gallinari is right behind him at like eighteen yeah. and nineteen. So they were basically like complimentary, like yeah. secondary players at a move. Lou Williams, Landry Shaman was on that team. I mean, no, 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 he wasn't. Uh, I, I'll give you the exact numbers. Um, when he played for the Clippers in those fifty-five games, he averaged twenty-one points per game, fifty percent shooter from the field, and forty-three percent from three. Those were the numbers. And, he and what, what can you name some some of them players on that roster? It was him, Gallinari, Lou Will. Um, they had a very Shea, balanced Shay Gallinari, Lou Will, Tobias Harris, Avery Bradley, Patrick Beverly. Those were the top six players in minutes that's for them that season. Yeah, I, I just wouldn't expect Tobias Harris to be this. And Sixers fans are doing the same thing. We pay him just a certain amount of money. Paying a guy max money doesn't make him a max talent. But that max- so so I I agree with that. But they put themselves in this position, right, by making the Tobias Harris trade and by letting Jimmy Butler walk where they had no choice but to pay Tobias Harris. So at the end of the day, I don't think we should be mad at Tobias for being a player that was put in in this little predicament, right? All of us, if a team put out a max contract, we're going to say yes whether we think we deserve it or not because money is money, right? But it's the front office of the team that let all the dominoes fall to the point where they had no choice but to pay Tobias Harris. Exactly. Paying a guy max money does not make him a max talent. You're just paying him max money. Because like it's it's, it's kind of similar to like Chris Paul, right? Chris Paul had an amazing season, but I don't want to pay Chris Paul $44 million next season. You know what I'm saying? Like as good as Chris Paul is, and he's still like one of the best point guards in the league, $44 million for him and his production is still a lot. And that's the same way I feel about Tobias Harris. The amount of money you had to pay him, which was like, what is it, 180? Did they pay him $180 million? $180 million. Yeah, to be the third best player on your team is sometimes the fourth and sometimes not and the that's fifth. He is. That's what he, <laughs> that was my whole thing to you, D Mills, is that's who he is. I you you saying you can't you're saying you can't rely on him to score. And I just felt my thing was like he, he's a he's a 18 like point score. Like that's 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 a nice amount of scoring. So I can rely on that because that's about just like 15. 15 is about what he averaged on the season. I was just saying you pretending as if he's Forkon Korkmaz who were saying, oh, yeah, we're going to rely on Forkon to go out here and average some shit that they don't usually do. I, I, like, I don't I don't understand it. That's just like me saying, man, I can't 
I can't rely. I ain't gonna rely on Tatum to score this series. Why not? He's been scoring. He's showed me that. Yeah, well, I, I average twenty-seven. But like down the stretch, and they really needed somebody to get them a bucket. Tobias wasn't that guy. I I don't know why you'd ever thought he would be. What what is he ever? He's never been that. I, that's all I was saying is that you can't rely on that scoring when you really need it. Oh yeah, see, I wouldn't I wouldn't tell you that you rely on him to fucking do what Donovan Mitchell did to bring you home. Not <laughs> Tobias Harris has never shown me he could do it. He's always been a complimentary piece. And that's what 76ers fans need to understand. He's always going to disappoint you. You know why? Because you pay him a certain amount of money that his value is not at. So, yeah, he's always going to be underwhelming, guys. They was in my mentions like, we need more. I'm sorry, but you're probably not going to get it because he's never shown you to, to want more. I don't understand the theory of wanting – like, it's okay to, to want more from a player, but at the same time, realistically, I can never ask some shit that I've never seen you do or even show me the ability to do. Don, like, all of a sudden, Tobias Harris is going to be some 20 – seven point score because right. Ben Simmons is out. It's just that's no. like that's like we go to the way and you just want me to guard their best player now or something like that. Like you know I don't do that. So why? <laughs> that's because he paid me forty million dollars on my contract. Yeah. Don't mean I'm gonna become the best defender out there now. It's it's I'm frustrating all- looking at this team, man. It is. They had they had so many pieces and so many things working for them and they just they just fucked it up. And it's it's a, it's I would be super upset if I was a fan of Philadelphia 76ers. $109 million to Al Horford to do what Al Horford bro, does at this point. Points, he right? put up six like, points. He put up six points, I could put up six points. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I could go in there and put up six points, man. Catch me at the three. But even even then, like, when we when he signed, I was like, okay, that's cool, right? Because the only person in the Eastern Conference that we've seen have success guarding Joel Embiid is Al Horford. Now they're on the same team, so Joel Embiid should be free, right? It's just like the front office of the team really messed up with, with – um, what Sam Hinkie had in mind with all the draft picks they had and all the assets they had, they turned it into this version. This is the best version of their roster at the moment with all the money they have tied in. This is what their roster is going to be unless they trade one of their top two players. Which and is, that is sad to say, which is what's going to save them. I, I mean, honestly, uh, whatever they would be able to give for Ben Simmons. If you put it on here, this team, this team ain't great, but it ain't as bad as it is. There's some hope there. But man, if they didn't sign Al Horford, this team could be some shit. This mm-hmm. team could be really, really nice if they didn't give that money away to Al Horford. Because I mean, yeah. yeah, Tobias Harris is for the most part always going to be underwhelming for what he was paid. But if you have Joel, Ben, and then even when, because when they had Jimmy and JJ, Tobias was just he was cool. Yeah, he was he, cool. It was no problem. He was cool. But when you <laughs> yeah, when you put him in a situation where you're being D Mills now, you're like, oh, I want, I need him to be. Man, at the end of the game, he got to take over. When you, that's not who I he think the best thing about Tobias is he gives you that that consistent like fifteen to twenty. But it, he had he does have a decent amount of games where he's hot and maybe he's up to like twenty five and maybe he got ten rebounds. He passed the ball, so he shows potential some nights, but not not no night night to night basis. That shit is just extra good when he's your third to fourth best player. It's like damn, our third fourth best player gave us thirty one tonight. That's that's solid. It makes you that much better, but yeah, when like Mike said, if he not if he not showing you that he can do that on a night by night basis, then it's gonna be underwhelming. But I think that's this team has some potential to be real good, man. Elton Brand tried to rush the process. Yes, he did. Trust instead of trusting the process. Mm. Um, last thing on the on this first game, Jalen Brown incredible. I mean, all of the wings had that period of time where it's like a quarter where they were the hot one and they were just doing their thing. Um, I just love watching Jalen Brown play basketball. He's he's like the type of player I would love to have on my team. And I don't think we'll ever get a Jalen Brown type player, so it's kind of sad. 
I hope his quad is okay because that, that knee to the quad is one of those things that after you after your adrenaline run off and you get the resting, that's when you start to really feel it. So I hope mm-hmm. he's straight. They can't afford to miss him and Gordon Hayward in that next, in that next game. True. And Kemba, Kemba had his moments too, right? Where like yeah. just just swifty as hell for somebody that was just coming off a, a an injury, you wouldn't expect him to be as fast as he was. But it was so many times where he beating people off the dribble, getting the shot off way top glass on Joel and B, and it dropping in. This team is just so deep and so nice. They they have one weakness, and if they can they can win this series with their one weakness is the other team's strength. Then this team, this team is scary. This team I was is so scary. impressed with Philly, man, because, man, when I was breaking it down in my head, I'm like, damn, this team. Like, Kemba, I'm like, damn, the six. I'm like, the six is new from, like, a Kemba. But then I'm like, yeah, Kemba's ain't just out there just long walking the street shit. He's <laughs> <laughs> just going to play Kemba and just throw him on your team. But, boy, he, he just makes the shit so fluid and easy looking, man. Mm-hmm. He, yeah, just, yeah. he just looks so easy. He makes it look so easy, man. So, so easy. And I like when he talk his little shit and come down shaking his head. Right. Hey, what you had to say about Matisse Thibault, Mike? He was getting killed yesterday, bro. (laughs) And that's when I had to put in the chat, like, man, these young dudes, they messing up the sixes up, bro. They both had 30. And like you said, they both had, they've consistently done that kind of throughout the season where Jason Tatum will have like a really high quarter. Then it'll be Jalen Brown. And then, you know, it'll be Kemba Walker to close it out or something like that. So, I mean, them having all those pieces that can get some 20 is paying off for them. You know, they come up clutch. Yeah. Their their rebuild is one that you can look at and be like, okay, they did the right things. They made the right trades. They made the right mm-hmm. signings, things right. like that. But even then, it may not even get them a championship. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Um, last game of the day, one that I'm sure we are all upset about, Clippers Mavericks 118-110. I'm not upset with the outcome. It's what led to the outcome, obviously. Yeah. With um, the ejection of Chris Stapps Porzingis, just just changed the whole momentum of this game, man. The whole yeah. momentum of this game. They were up when that happened, six I was or eight. Like, it's, I was like, it's over at that point. Yeah, because he yeah. was playing so good, and you know his impact is so so much of that team. Those two attacks were terrible, especially the one where he just showing emotion. Because you can argue that that was a clean block. It was. And, we, there's no argument yeah, there. Was. That was a clean block. Yeah. That was a clean block. Yeah, I know. So, like, of course he's going to – and it's grown men in the playoffs where there's a lot of emotions. First so playoff like, game, by the way. grown man is a ref. You got to let them – you got to let them be men. You got to let them be men. So, yeah. so what I've what I heard from the, the people – what is this, a caucus? Is that what they do, the reviews uh, and yeah. stuff? He was saying that any time a player – makes a a throwing motion a fist motion towards a referee it is an automatic technical foul and every player knows that but i think it was his uh jeff van gunny was saying i've seen many a players do that if they have the yeah. reputation of doing it you can get away with it but since chris yeah. stops has never done something like this before it was out of character so they gave him a technical foul for it and then the yeah, second one, Green is one of those dudes that do it all the time, all the time. he never and then yeah, the, se- the second one and Which oh no on his tech yeah. yeah but he didn't get no tech for it but he came down and he basically screamed at him but I don't know it's just super unfortunate especially like it's hard it's hard to tell him like you got to be smarter than that and you got to know where you at but he, the whole thing he was sticking up for his teammate and especially yes. at a young team I, I think that's super important you know so I mean it, you could say it costs from the game but I, I think just for the future I think that's an important little moment they have. And even then, he was just stepping in. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And and that's 
that's what you want. Like literally, that's what you want in basketball, where where teams are riding and dying for each other, and it, it's super unfortunate. It wasn't like he threw a punch. Yeah, it wasn't like he he was choking somebody else. <laughs> that's, that's my thing. If he got a tech for why didn't everybody who's a lot of people stepped in that? Exactly. Like why didn't they get techs? He's just the biggest guy there. The biggest guy's always the scariest. Marcus Morris is the one who actually pushed him. And, and literally him. had him like this. Literally had, it, had his hand around his neck. The rest of them all just walked to the group, which is what happens every time something like that happens. Mm-hmm. Every time. Paul George could have got one. Pat Beverly could have got one. Like, it was – so I, I just don't understand that. Um, and that was very frustrating because I, I was – I'm like, come on, man. Pull it out. Do it. Do it. Do it. They had, they had them. And that's the type of game like that game one the Mavs can use just as a confidence builder. Yes. Yep. So they started off the game so bad. They went down 16. Then it was like a 20-some point turn. Six, 16, then Luka injury is like, oh, this 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 game not going to happen. I'm like, if the Mavericks can, can pull off the first one, it's going to be something serious. Now it could just be, I don't know, man. They still then, in it. They still can fix yeah. it. They do. Yo, I gotta give some credit to Maxi Kleber, man. Some of them possessions on Kawhi defensively, he was right there. Kawhi just a monster. But I was impressed. I'm like, yikes, he right at his real. Kawhi ain't going though. Yeah. <laughs> That's one thing you gotta remember that once we in late game, you got Kawhi and PG in a lot of cases, you're gonna end up winning just because you have those two players. What I also like though is that Luca was the same way. Luca was just like nobody was stopping him. He was moving Kawhi, definitely mm-hmm. was moving Pat Bev. He was just I'm like, okay. Yeah, that four-month hiatus definitely helped Paul George because you could definitely tell that his shoulder, whatever he injuries he had, they definitely did not get done. Yeah, them boys he don't want to fight PG. Them boys, yeah. in Portland don't, them boys in Portland should be happy that they're playing the Clippers. I mean, they're playing the LeBron. Oh, yeah. Come on now. That will be a great – what if they won that series and he got the way Paul George off <laughs> again? Oh, man. I, bet some, I bet that's some shit you dreaming of. <laughs> I will. I am. <laughs> That's why they need to beat the Lakers. I mean, they can meet each other in the conference finals, hypothetically. Yeah. I just hope for y'all's sake that they at least get one game because this would be very bad if the Lakers swept their ass and everybody was doing all this shit talking and they they going to win and do it. If they get swept, bro, I'm don't get me wrong. I'm rooting for them to, to, to make it interesting because I like Dame. I like Melo. I can't pick them to win a series, but I'm just hoping for their sake they don't get their ass ran out the gym, bro. We'll, 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 let's let's stick to this game and then we'll get to the games today um in a couple seconds Montrez Harrell played his first game since March didn't look terrible didn't look great either um little, a little minutes restriction he only played 14 of them in it but he had his moments you're like okay that's the Montrez we know so that's a good sign for Clippers Nation is that what they call Clipper Nation I feel like you I just so. you attack nation to anything yeah, yeah everything every okay. team has their um, nation love best game for the Morris brother as far as being a Clipper, which is a good sign for them moving forward. Huh? Which one is it? It's Marcus. I, come on. I ain't, I ain't like D. Mills or Mike. Mike could get him wrong. Mike got one on his team and still would get his name wrong. Yep. I, no, I, I got him. I got him. Um, no, I wouldn't be able to tell them if they, like, next to each other. But if I, I know which one's on which team. Because Marcus played for the Knicks and I was a big Marquis fan with the uh, Wizards, I could tell them apart. But that's the only reason because one played for my team. Mm-hmm. Uh, Landry Sham is such a weird case of like his NBA career so far in my mind because he went from last year being one of the better rookies, right? When he was on Philly, he knocked down shooter, could not miss a shot. And he was one of the reasons why Tobias Harris got traded, right? They really liked the piece 
of Landry Shamit this season took a took a big step back as far as his efficiency from the three point line. And then last year, if you remember the playoff series, I think it was against the Warriors, right? They had a first round matchup against the Warriors. He played a big part in that comeback when they were down by a hundred points. And then now he very rarely touches the floor. It's just it's just so weird how like just in one quick season things can change. And maybe just because the team is so much better now, they have so many good guards. It's not a lot of room for him. I said this a couple. But of I, I would rather like have Landry Minutes than Reggie Jackson. Well, I, Reggie Jackson has his has his moments where he's a really good secondary ball handler. I think you wild yeah, for that one. He does, but then he has moments where he just looks bad. That's a, that's why he plays though because he can. He's more of a, a point guard. Landry Shaman isn't a point guard, mm-hmm. um, and I, I was hoping he would be able to pull it out of his bag because I saw it in college, but. I think it's just a product of the team being better, and it's a different team. Uh, the Clippers last year was like a team team as far as ball movement. They didn't have uh, head honchos. Now you have head honchos. Where yeah, it's going to be moments where Kawhi is just going to do Kawhi, and that's just what it is. It's going to be moments where Paul George is going to do Paul George, and that's just what it is. Hell, even t- even Lou Williams has his moments where it's just the Lou Williams thing. I'm just going to get in my bag real quick. It's not so much of just constant ball movement and – team-oriented type basketball, and that's just what you give and take. Um, I do think Landry Shamit could go somewhere and yeah. do his thing. I uh, wish the Knicks would have got him for Marcus Morris because I feel like the Knicks is a team that he could have went to and just shot the ball and just did what he did. But at this point, yeah, it's just about seeing a floor. I don't think he sees the floor enough to even yeah. does what he do. And then when he does get out there, how many shots is he realistically yeah, going to you know demand? That's, yeah, that's my thing with it. Yeah, I, I thought I said this like a couple months ago, but I was like, man, I feel bad for Shaman because you see all this talent on this team. His his minutes are probably going to diminish. And as a shooter like him, he's definitely going to be one of those guys that he needs to be on the floor, at least, you know, a little bit. Or like, he's got to be on the floor for him to get that rhythm and be a reliable and know that, you know, I, I'm known as a guy that they need to knock down these shots rather than just, a, you know, I come off the bench and maybe I get a shot or two. And if I'm hot, I get to them. But, you know, he, he's definitely got value, especially with all these other teams that need shooting. You know, the Clippers could trade him, get someone back, make them even more deadlier. Mm. Very interesting. When I watch this team play, um, the Clippers, I don't I, – I have not seen a team in this bubble where I'm like, okay, that's the favorite. I think it's such an even playing field amongst, like, the top teams. Mm. And, and that's such a good sign for the NBA. You know, yeah, I, yeah. That I think I'm telling you, you watching it's like something is missing, bro. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that that Golden State Warriors team that kind of like ruled for the last five years or so, they just had no flaw. Mm-hmm. You know, even the flaws that you could say they had, they were just like the stars that they had. They're just ridiculous. But with every team we see now, like they're good. Talk your shit, Mike. They're good, but they got their flaws. I mean, even the Lakers, as good as they are, they got their flaws, and they don't got no perfect shot creator, nothing like that. You could say the Clippers don't got a, a floor general, somebody to get a Landry Shaman involved. So he's on the it's a lot of teams that just, you know, you could take away and be like, okay, that could definitely hurt them in the long run. Yeah. That's a that's all facts. That boy Mike just spaz. Okay, Mike, let me give Mike a round of applause, man. Mike just snap with that. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Um, well, today we have the second set of games. Um, first one coming up is the Magic versus Bucks. I think that might be the game where I'm like half watching. You know what I'm saying? Hey, I hope the Magic make it Bro, DJ Augustine coming out today, man. You think yeah, so? I think that's the game. He's coming out today. I got to run to the mall, and I think that's the game I'm going to go to the mall for. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to just be checking it's like score. It's like a double it's OC thriller, and you just miss it. It's Magic pull it out. <laughs> I wouldn't even give a fuck. 
Because <laughs> what's gonna happen? The next four games, Bucks is gonna fucking demolish the whole existing. They gonna have to move to Seattle after they done with them if that happens. <laughs> <laughs> then we got Heat Pacers. Another. Uh, that's the game we definitely tune well, in. Well, let's to. rewind. Let's rewind. Okay. Speaking of missing, Contreras sent the text, and I pick up my phone. Yo, ass is at Pratillo's during the playoffs. Speaking of missing games. Yeah. I missed Where one you? game. I, I still watched it. Like, I didn't watch it. You missed the best game of the day. Yeah, but it's different from watching it. Like, you already knew what happened by the time you watched it. Like, that shit is just. Oh, like, I didn't. I just knew they won, but I didn't know what happened. Like, I still broke it. I still watched it and broke it down. Like, so. So what? Right. What's up with the shifts, bro? Why? <laughs> what? What's going on? You just said the thing to me. You said you're you to miss the game. I said if it's an exciting game. There's some, there's a disconnect when you miss the game. That's why you just said that to me. Yeah. And you missed the game, but you're trying to act like there's no disconnect. Like it was still everything. My bad. No, you're right. You're right. I, know, I just said you no, because you said that you it was gonna be a boring game. You said I'm gonna just go. That's the game I'm missed. And I was just like, what if it's a double yeah. overtime too? And that shit is exciting. Right, but yeah. the, I missed it though. You didn't yeah. say, oh, you could watch it later. You'll get the food. Yeah. Oh, that's so now I'm saying the same thing to you. You missed the game. That admit that. <laughs> I watched it later. It was, but it ain't it obviously not the same. It's that's not why the you same, it, it was the same to me. That shit was still exciting. <laughs> Hell, bro. I it's definitely times where I'm watching highlights and it's like you already well, you already know the shots going in, or you playing back a game, you already know the shots going in because the man has 60 damn near. He gonna hit almost every shot. Hey, you know what happens, you know that they lost. Mm-hmm. It's just not the okay. same when you watch when you missing it. That's why that's why I'm telling you, Derek. There was a reason you just said that to me that I was gonna miss it. Yeah, I could go back and watch it, but I missed it. You're right. So now I'm using the same thing you said against me to you, and you trying to pretend like it wasn't nothing. Oh, I still watched it. It was the same for me. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, go for, I'm sorry. No, I was gonna say all them type of crazy reactions because we be hearing in the party when he be watching the games, all that screaming. You be doing the exact same thing. Yeah, <laughs> that is hard to believe. Man. I don't believe you. That's hard to believe. Two o'clock in the morning, you was not damn with your mama right next to you. Not no. You know what we need to do? We need to do a through the wire watch party stream where it's just us four in the party, and we get those reactions and stuff live for the fans. I think I think they would absolutely love that. Mm-hmm. Okay. We need, yeah, facts. Because I also want to see something. I also, I, I also, and I want. And we could just use us as a case study. But I was watching the game, and I was thinking to myself, because a lot of our fans are stat based. Everything that they know, everything that they judge, is a stat based. So I was thinking to myself, because I'm watching fans go at it. Fans love to use our mentions as a war zone for each other. That is 100 yeah. percent true, though. Like the two fans was arguing, had nothing to do with what I was saying. I don't even know how they got to that. I made a comment about something and they rolled and snowballed into a whole other thing. And I'm checking, and next thing I see is point per game and this and that. I'm like, I don't know what this turned into. <laughs> how many people can sit and watch a basketball game? And watch it, and and know what's going on without a box score. You know who's playing good. You know who's playing bad. You know who's been effective. Who can sit down and watch a basketball game without a box score and be able to say he's playing good or man he's? I, I'm just I'm just curious. To that. 
that man, it, it made me think of that because of those because I saw those fans mm-hmm. going into it because they like this game was like that because he don't average this and he had this amount at the end of the game and all oh, that should be it be it be her it, it some of that shit don't be mean enough if you don't watch it. One, we can do it for the main event tonight. I don't know if it can happen tonight, but I'm just saying we we got hella playoff games to go. You're right. We got it to we got it to mid October, you know, until the main we... event. That's I hope it's a main event. Oh, you just <laughs> want to see the Travelers get dogged and see I your would, reaction. Yeah, would, let's not do it. For I'm praying for that matchup on that man's screen, bro. I'm praying <laughs> for that matchup. Let, let's not do it for for that game. Let's exclude with that because both of y'all are extremely biased. We've seen. And you know, I, you know I, what? I, we, we need to oh, first try to figure out to have all of our games at the same time because me and Mike TV be way behind y'all, yes, and yes, so right. that that would matter. I, I be putting my headphones down sometimes just so I don't hear, especially when it's late in game and all that's those buckets. That's no problem. My headphones. <laughs> I'll just rewind where y'all at. We can just do it like that, and okay. we just have to stay off Twitter because then I'm gonna be behind too. That I hate when that happened on Twitter too. Fans should be ahead of mine. Yeah, like yeah. bro. So well, when you when you watching the game and all of a sudden you get like the update that the the Trailblazers beat the Mavericks or, or it's just like the end of, end of regulation one from yeah. NBA.com, bro. It's like ten seconds on my screen. I'm like, oh, we about to get a game winner, and I get a notification end of regulation. It's exactly. tied. I'm like, come on, exactly. bro. come on, bro. Yeah, that's why um, I had Twitter notifications on, man, because they'll tell you, you 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 don't realize that you a little off, and they be like, damn, he missed that game. Are you ready for overtime, Pete? <laughs> Me. I'm ready for this game. When I think, you get the out immediately. Like the moment that's moment it hits zero, they send you that note. Yep, they be on it. Uh, speaking of that, they just put out an article, absolutely terrible, but I think it's interesting to talk about. Um, one trade every lottery team should make if they get the number one pick. So in this hypothetical situation, all of the lottery teams end up with the first pick, and this is the trade they should make if they do. Um, the Atlanta Hawks, if they get the first overall pick, they should trade that pick, John Collins, Cam Reddish, Kevin Herter, for Bradley Beal. D- Dwayne Devin for Bradley Beal. But hell no. The whole, the whole roster for you to have. If I'm the Wizards, I want that. Rui Hachimura, Cam Reddish, yeah, no. Kevin Herter, John Collins. Okay. And the first pick. And the first pick. Come on, dog. LaMelo. You have LaMelo, Cam Reddish, Rui Hachimura, John Collins. John uh, John Wall. John still. Wall didn't come back yet. <laughs> John Wall, a whole Kevin That's a brick. Second one is if the Charlotte Hornets get the first overall pick, they should trade that and Nicholas Batum. To the Warriors for whatever their first round pick is, whether it's five or six or whatever, Wiggins, Eric Pascal, and Jordan Poole. That's the a dumbass shade because I don't even think the Warriors want the first overall pick. Yeah, why would they want that? And they don't even get anything that helps them win a championship this year. Yeah, yeah no, they, they get a big ass. Nicholas Batum? Come on, bro. Like, that's the. How the first trade go from trading all of the pieces to the second trade? There's like nothing getting, getting dealt. I want to hear our teams. Hear the Bulls. Here's okay. the Bulls. The first overall pick, Zach Levine and Laurie Marketing for Ben Simmons. What for Ben to, Simmons. They're trying to change the ben whole scenery So we have Ben Simmons, Kobe White, Otto Porter, who the hell knows? Thaddeus Young and Wendell Carter is our starting five in this hypothetical situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I'm not. You, I'm not saying. I'm not trading all of that. Come on, bro. You thinking about this? 
Yes. I like the idea of Ben Simmons with them, but I, I do too. Like it with I like, like the idea of with like Zach Levine there or some yeah, shit. Me too. Or the first overall yeah. pick there. You're not Who, trading all three. What does Philly yeah. want the first overall pick for? Yeah, they Nothing. will want the Zach Levine. Nothing. Are they are they back to the Sam the, the Sam Hinkie days? Back to the process? Uh, yeah, I don't understand that. Um they say Levine and marketing could step in and help Philly right away, which is facts, right? That's that's yeah, facts. Um, they would have a lineup of Shake Milton, Zach Levine, Tobias Harris, Larry Market, and Joel Embiid. That's nice. I, and then you got the first overall pick coming off the bench, whoever that may be. Yeah, like what the fuck? I actually like that deal for them, but for us, yeah, for Philly, it's just, just getting ben, just getting Ben back. I don't know if I really love that. A couple of episodes ago, I said me and my dad had that conversation about like a Ben Simmons, Zach Levine esque deal. I mean, obviously, it might have to be some more in there, but you know, Philly gets them a score. It cool. says the Bulls will suddenly become a far more attractive free agent destination for 2021 with this open cap. They playing chess out here. Oh no, <laughs> we rather pull this deal off. They play all right. Next, the Cavaliers first overall pick Dante Exum to the Hawks. For the Hawks' first-round pick in DeAndre Hunter. That's lame as hell. That's a lame-ass trade. That's a very lame trade. trade that's They're going to trade their that's first overall trade. pick. I'm trade DeAndre Hunter for that first overall pick. But let, you got to think about the Atlanta Hawks. Yeah. I don't think they can go further than, like, the fifth overall pick, if I'm not mistaken, because they were so bad. So, next we have the Detroit Pistons trading the first overall pick and Blake Griffin to the Knicks. Uh-oh. For their first-round pick, Frank Nilekina, Julius Randle, and Alfred Payton. Oh, hell yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Julius Randle. It guarantees, the it guarantees the first overall pick. First so overall we're pick. for sure getting LaMelo. We still have R.J. Barrett. We still have... Uh, Mitchell Robinson. Mitchell Robinson. Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin going to bring some seats. He's going to definitely fill up the seats. Yeah, I was filling up seats before, one thing. Don't, they, don't New York True. always fill up their seats? We know that from period, yeah. Um, the Warriors. Now, this is that. Okay. The first overall pick, the second round pick, a first round pick for next year, and then a second round pick for next year, and Wiggins for Devin Booker. So, two first, <laughs> two seconds for Devin Booker and, and Wiggins hey, for Devin Booker. Listen, your report, listen, bro. Y'all got to start doing trade. People want to hear trades that, like, both teams will be willing to do. Anybody <laughs> where I'm just, like, putting – Yo, you ever played association for trade override on? Hell, yeah. My, my, my older brother, LaShawn, used to say, that's putting a gun to their head. Like, that's <laughs> like, like your – like, Devin Booker is not going to be traded for that. Like, it's just not like – The Suns just going to give – shit that could possibly happen. The Suns was going. The, the Suns just started figuring it out, and they just going to trade Devil Booker and start rebuilding again for <laughs> some picks, for and picks from, and from the Warriors who going to be back in the 30s or the <laughs> 20s next year. Next one is if the Memphis Grizzlies get the first overall pick, they should trade that pick, Gorgie Zhang and Cal Anderson to the Kings for the Kings' first round pick and Buddy Hield. Eh. you said Cal Anderson, Cal Anderson, and Gorgie Dang. Mm-hmm. I mean, they can make that work. It depends what sure. you get in that draft. I'd rather keep the first overall pick. Me man. too. Me too. Yeah, it's including that first overall pick that makes some of this like. Jod, Dylan Brooks, and Buddy Hield. I'd rather just keep the first overall pick. If the Timberwolves get it, they should trade that Jake Lehman and Nas Reed to the Hawks for John Collins and Kevin Herter. They should take that and trade it to the Sixers and go get Ben Simmons. I would love to see a big three of Ben, Cat, and D'Angelo. Cat can get out the paint for Ben. That would be so sexy. 
This next one's weird, too. If the Pelicans get the first overall pick, again, it, that would be rigged if they got it two years in a row. Um, that, <laughs> that J.J. Redick, Jackson Hayes, Darius Miller for Utah's first round pick and Rudy Gobert. I hate that trade for the for the Pelicans. I hate that trade for the Pelicans, bro. They said we gonna make yes. sure they, what Rudy's a he's a he's a he's a paint stop. He's a rim protector. He's not going to be able to protect that paint against Zion. We're going to get him. Yeah. That's exactly. Shit, <laughs> they tried to do Al Horford. Like he he's got the most potential to stop him. Let's let's put him on our team. Like no, they need to worry about getting Brandon Ingram back. Uh oh. Okay. Here's yeah. the Knicks. Here's the Knicks. Pay him that money. If the Knicks get the first overall pick, they should trade that and one the next year's first round pick from the Dallas, not their own pick, but Dallas's pick. Mitchell Robinson, Bobby Portis, and Wayne Ellington for Joel Embiid. Say name it all again. Mitchell Robinson. Mitchell Robinson, Bobby Portis, Wayne Ellington, a first overall pick, and the Dallas pick that you got, one of the Dallas picks from the Porzingis trade. For Joel Embiid. For Joel Embiid. What y'all gonna have around Joel Embiid though? RJ Barrett. RJ. And Frank some cap Frank. space. Frank, uh, you, Fred Van Vliet Man, still can get signed. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm sure. Cool I'm cool on it, man. If the Suns get the first overall pick, they should trade that Ty Jerome and Frank Kaminsky to the Bulls for the Bulls' first round pick and Laurie Marketing. Don't know what to think they about that. Probably keep it, right? Like. Why everybody like I'm waiting for stuff for them to be like if they get it they should just keep it. just draft <laughs> just draft it yeah the, like the Kings the here's Kings. the Kings first overall pick and Harrison Barnes for Orlando's first overall or first round pick and Aaron Gordon no the no Kings. Hell that's a bad no, trade bro. that's a bad trade hell no. um we got two more teams if you bring a first overall pick you should pretty much be gonna star Bennett. tell me what y'all think about the yeah, Spurs yeah. this Spurs trade. First overall pick, Rudy Gay, Patty Mills, Keldon Johnson for Kevin Love and Colin Sexton. Wow. Can you That's... imagine Colin Sexton with Greg Popovich? They don't even sound like a, win, a, a, a mix. <laughs> a point guard that don't want to pass? That's, That's then, the, an undersized Kevin point guard, too. Aldridge. Kevin Love, Kevin Love and Marcus. Kevin Love and Marcus. Like they're getting torched by any front court that they go into. Okay, and this is a very last one. If the Washington Wizards get the first overall pick, they should tr- <laughs> they should trade that and Thomas Bryant and Ish Smith for Miles Turner. Yeah, I don't know. I think you just keep working. You don't with Thomas know. Bryant. You, no, I, you're you, gonna trade the first overall pick for Miles Turner and no, Thomas Bryant. No. On t- I'm, you don't I'm know. About that. Ain't no way I'm doing that trade, man. Miles Turner not. Thomas Bryant been showing some signs too, especially once he get John Wall back. Definitely gonna be looking way better. Imagine trading your first overall pick, the first overall pick in the entire draft, for Miles Turner. Miles Turner. <laughs> <laughs> that that I, that would blow my mind as a fan. I may I may mess around and not be a fan of that team no more after that day. All right, well that was fun. A lot of bad trades, um, but you know. <laughs> Interesting stuff. Bleacher Report always going to be interesting, even if it's bad, bad trades involved. It will be interesting. It will be. D Mills, you about to? You watching the games today? Or are you? Mm. You picking up a ship? <laughs> oh, I got. I'm about to go work out. Mm. They, they got TVs in there. No. Mm. I got to upgrade your gym, bro. What time Thanks. you get done though? You might get done. He might get done before the first game. 
Nah, I'm gonna be done like during the second game. Okay, I mean, but you talking about me missing some shit? But he, be, you know, he be watching three days later, catching up. So it don't matter. Yeah, right. that's D Mills. D Mills. Like, next week, gonna be watching Game One of Clippers Mavericks at three o'clock in the morning <laughs> on Snapchat. Well, that used to kill me, bro. It used to be the most random games too. Hey, it'll be a game. It'll be like Kings versus Pacers, and this will be mid season. You like, yeah, I'm gonna catch up on this. Mike, <laughs> let the fans know, NKB. Let the fans know that this is no over exaggeration. That is like we're being serious. Yeah, I know yeah, we joke a lot, but that's D Mills, bro. That is D Mills. That man D Mills will watch the fucking the play in game tonight. <laughs> <laughs> like, man, I'm impressed with John Morant. John Morant is serious with it, y'all. And you wonder why he tweeted that randomly at four o'clock in the morning. What was the one he said? Who did you randomly be like? He got game. I'm like, oh, oh Jerry Jackson. Mar- Huh? Oh, then oh, he, he did both. He did both. Randomly, like, bro, where the fuck have you been at? <laughs> Jamal Murray can hoop. That's why he was a seventh overall pick. <laughs> like, damn, DB, what the hell are you doing? Four oh, o'clock. Aaron Gordon and Michael Carter Williams are not playing today. Yeah, I don't know if I'm watching this motherfucker. What's wrong with Aaron Gordon? That's just um, hamstring. Oh, but we talked about it in the preview. Out. Like, he was he was yeah, fighting oh, injuries, yeah. but he's Yo, officially he's out. I'm still, I'm gonna still watch you. I'm here watching the. Uh, this is called Life in a Bubble. Backstage Lakers. LeBron in here. Look at him. Look at Brown. Brown. That's that boy. Brown, a bad mofo boy. Unk crazy. Look at you, Unk. I see you, baby boy. Your son. Nah. All right. Peace out, though, man. Yeah, we out. We'll see y'all on Saturday. <laughs>